This is the St. Louis Podcast Network. You're listening to the Last Man Up Podcast, part of the St. Louis Podcast Network, stlpodcast.com, Matt Berger, Clay Byers-Dorfer, and Andy Hanselman alongside. Wherever you are listening to us, whenever you are listening to us, we hope you are well. We are going to have another peach of a podcast here for Ooh, you, ladies and gentlemen. Pe- a peach. A peach of a podcast. Uh, host of the Hardline on 590 The Fan and everyone's favorite enforcer, Cam Jansen. Uh, he'll be joining us, and so will the co-host of The Morning After on 590 The Fan and everyone's favorite regional cable sports journalist, Jimmy the Cat Hayes, to talk about the Cardinals' uh, disappointing end of the season that happened on Sunday. They fell short once again three years in a row, so we're going to be talking with him about uh, the season, which was, you know, certainly not boring, uh, not the way they wanted it to end, and we're going to talk about the team going forward. But right now, we're going to talk about what happened in Week Four of the National Football League and in college football. Uh, I know I've said this already before. I feel like I need to say it again. Kansas City and Kansas City Chiefs, I owe you a huge apology. I mocked you whenever you uh, you traded up the draft. Uh, Patrick Mahomes out of Texas Tech. I think it was like number four, number five. And I'm like, you guys are out of your mind. No one's ever heard of this kid. These Big 12 quarterbacks, they don't transfer too well to the NFL because it's all spread offense. I am more than happy to eat that crow. Uh, go ahead and put another uh, little dab of hot sauce on there. Right. More than happy to do it. That kid is the real deal, and right now, probably the most exciting player in the National Football League. It's hard to argue otherwise. Uh, I mean, I was watching the game, and we talked about it last week, the the force at which he throws the football. He's got a cannon. I mean, just is unreal. And the whole notion that, you know, Big 12 quarterbacks can't, you know, go to the NFL and spread it out. Well, Andy Reid and Kansas City are laughing hysterically. They They have found a way to do it. The best way I can describe uh, Patrick Mahomes is that he's like Aaron Rodgers with a stronger arm and better weapons. And better legs. And better legs. Well, because he's younger, too. He's I younger. mean, that, that helps. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is, you know, I think his age now starts with a three. And Patrick Mahomes is two years out of college. So, right. yeah. I mean, a 20-year-old body and a 30-year-old body are completely different. It's uh, It's just magnificent i mean it's a lot of fun and i'm really looking forward to that rams kansas city game down in mexico city mexico city is gonna be an absolute shootout as much as it pains me to say this it could very well be a super bowl preview yes um how, how do you think that would go over <laughs> oh in my St. louis a kansas city chiefs los angeles rams super bowl what do you think the city would do uh, pro- i mean well the chiefs fans would have an orgasm all over the oh place. sure yeah absolutely yeah, they have that inferiority complex inferiority complex against against st louis anyway but there are a lot of people i know in st louis that when the big red left in 1987 became chiefs fans mm. and then there were some people when the rams left a few years ago they became okay, chiefs, chiefs fans. they became chiefs fans too not in the same amount of numbers as I remember back in the 80s, but there were still quite a few people who were like, hey, the Rams are gone. I'm from Missouri. I'm going to cheer for the other Missouri team, even though the Hunt family voted in favor of the Rams relocating to Los Angeles. I know that a lot of people in St. Louis hold, hold resentment for that, who will never cheer for the Chiefs for that reason. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I think they would rather see the Chiefs win the Super Bowl than see Stan Kroenke hoist the <laughs> Vince Lombardi trophy. I, 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 don't know what I, I don't know what my reaction would be if I ever saw that it's in boo. my lifetime. I would boo. Oh, of course. <laughs> I'm going to. I would boo the television and pretend like Stan could hear me. I mean, I, I may pull an Elvis and whip out a gun and shoot my TV. 
it's kind of like uh, your best friend dating a girl that you really had the hots for in college. Like you always thought, you know, you were going to get with best, her. Not best friend, mortal enemy. Mortal enemy. Mortal that, enemy. That's a better That's comparison. a better way to put it. Is dating the girl that you had the hots for. You never, yeah. you know, you, you had her. She was always around. You guys were having a good time. She always told you, like, you know, you're such a good guy. Exactly. You're one of these oh, days, some girl's right. going to be so lucky because she's got you. And you're like, she's got know. you in that friend zone. Right. You are. You are FZ'd, brother. You are FZ'd. The FZ <clears> popular, or FZ town population you you are the mayor and you are the city council yes and then you see her going out mm-hmm. with stan karaki and you're ready to hang yourself <laughs> what year did arizona play in the super bowl 2008 so 10 years ago against pittsburgh that sounds right it was- anyway so we're watching the nfc championship game at a bar and everybody's cheering the cardinals because you know well, the i was cheering for the cardinals and, and kurt warner and, kurt and warner, they yeah. and they showed bill bidwell and the, and the whole place just went boom <laughs> So I imagine it would be a similar situation to that. But as it's come to light, it actually wasn't Bill Bidwell's fault. He wanted to stay here. He did. And and, and the old mayor, Vince Shamel, and I don't think so much county executive Gene McNary screwed that up, but someone... Well, I hear there was a pissing so, contest between Vince Shamel and Gene McNary. Something along those lines. Uh, somebody yeah. uh, and, and somebody got in Vince's ear saying, hey, if you want to continue your career in politics, you'll get out of the stadium deal for the Cardinals. Because Bill Bidwell, they, they moved that team in 1987, 1988. Right. They moved it to Phoenix, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they were playing on Sun Devil Stadium. And I remember seeing the pictures of the crowds there. And I'm using crowds loosely. <laughs> people. People. Maybe 5,000 people. Maybe, if that. They were not interested. And they didn't have a real football stadium until the one they're currently playing in. And that one is fairly new. So that team struggled. Yeah, they played at Sun Devil Stadium for a long a time. Long, yep. long time. Um, I heard Bill Bidwell, he cried whenever he was, you know, basically told that he could move the team to Phoenix. He really didn't want to go. Didn't want to go. Did not want to go. He just said, look, I want a new stadium. I don't care where it is, city, county, just let's let's get together and put one. And, you know, the county told him to piss off. The city told him to piss off. So he went to Phoenix. Yeah. And they have a beautiful stadium now. They do. Yeah, they do. They have a, an amazing stadium. And it's usually pretty packed considering that team sucks right now. I mean, they they suck now. They were pretty. They were great with Kurt Warner. Yeah. Yep. Obviously, made it to they'll the be good Bowl, again. And they were pretty good with Carson Palmer. Yep. And then now with uh, with Josh Rosen, I think they have the right guy. I think so yep. too. David Johnson's a really good player. David Johnson is a really good player. Larry Fitzgerald is a Hall of Famer. Right. Yep. Uh, that defense has good players. Marcus Golden, uh, Chandler Jones, uh, Patrick Peterson, who's going to be a Hall of Famer as well too. So they have good players on yep. that team. It's just that it's going. I mean, they're. Like my Raiders, they're another rebuild yeah. in the NFL. Back to the the Rams teams, I saw something today that kind of made me think about and, and what an exciting time of you know the NFL season is and, and just the NFL in general. It's the Jared Goff Patrick Mahomes matchup down in Mexico City is kind of what you would hope to you know have in a Tom Brady Aaron Rodgers matchup three years ago. Absolutely, right? it's young, not necessarily young, but premier quarterbacks. You know, guiding these high-profile offenses. I saw another stat this week that the most point. This is the most points that have been scored in the NFL in X amount of years. Um, yeah, it's, you have high-flying. Okay, the Rams obviously have a high-flying offense. Yeah. The Chiefs have a high-flying offense. The Saints have a high-flying offense. The yep. Falcons have a high-flying offense. There's some teams out there who are putting up some major points this year. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really exciting to watch. And the thing I like the most so far about this NFL season, and I was so worried about it going into it. We've heard nothing about the anthem, nothing. Not a word. Very true. Not a word. Except the very. I ain't first, tired of it. The, the well, I mean, finally the media stopped reporting on it. Right. But the very first one, 
or the, the uh, week one, they reported that two Dolphins players knelt during the national anthem. That's the only report I ever saw about it. I haven't heard anything about it either. Uh, um, when Eric Reed signed, was it last week? Uh, yeah, this last week this he last signed week. with Carolina. That was the only other time that I had heard it uh, being brought up because he was the original uh, kneeler. One of the original. One of the original yeah. uh, players who kneeled for the national anthem. We haven't heard much about the end, but we have heard a lot about the uh, quarterback protection and the helmet-to-helmet policy. That's been, I think, uh, really the, the biggest issue this Absolutely year. Absolutely it has been. We talked about it last week with uh, with London Fletcher. Yep. Uh, all available, or all past episodes available for download at stlpodcast.com. And on iTunes, and, and on, on Google Play, there, and on Stitcher. There we go. We're everywhere. <laughs> find it. <laughs> just find it. Everywhere. If you can't find us, just hit me up on, on Twitter or uh, hit me and Clay up and Andy on Twitter, and we will drive to your house and put on a show for you. How about right. that? There you go. Um, Although we were joking a couple weeks ago about <laughs> about going back in time, and we were, we were going to record an episode on Reel to Reel and put it in the library <laughs> in the Library of Congress. But talking about like you know uh, bullshit uh, penalty p- calls, penalty calls. The, I mean, I was watching the Raiders Browns game, and the one in Arden Key oh. with with uh, Baker Mayfield, he barely touched Baker yeah. Mayfield. Didn't even knock Baker Mayfield to the ground. Here came the laundry, and here came the roughing the passer penalty. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me! But they kind of made it up for uh, for that call with the with the spot uh, in the fourth quarter. Browns are going to Browns for the, sure. The, the, well, I mean, you can't really hang that one on the Browns. The refs did a pretty good job. It's not necessarily the Browns doing it themselves. It's just like it's less surprising when it happens to them. You're right. It's less surprising when they get screwed over. Uh, as a Raiders fan, I was like, man, if we lose this game, we may be 0-16 this year. It's going to be ugly, 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 ugly. Uh, speaking of ugly, they have announced the time of the Mizzou-Alabama game in two weeks. They're, Mizzou's playing South well, I haven't heard, This is news to me. I've not heard this yet. Okay, so Mizzou is playing South Carolina. So this, you're, you're going to get instant reaction from okay, me. Okay, Mizzou is playing South Carolina this Saturday. And that game is going to be at 11 a.m. Well, of course it is. Of course it is. Now, the one I was aggravated about was the Mizzou-Georgia game. Right. right. That was 11 a.m. Because you got major markets in Missouri and you got major markets in, in Atlanta. And a major market Should've in Atlanta. at least been the 6 o'clock game. At least. There's no excuse for that game to be at 11 a.m. No. So, Mizzou will travel to Tuscaloosa, Alabama to take on probably the best college football team that anybody Roll has ever tied. seen. And that game is going to be on prime time, baby, on ESPN. Oh, very nice. So, that's 72 to nothing drubbing that the Tigers are probably going to get at the hands of Nick Saban and them boys is going to be just a recruiting nightmare for Perry Odom. Yeah. I bet I bet they wish that game was was at eleven o'clock I, on the SEC network. Absolutely, is yes. It, Bury that thing on ESPNU, please. Is that the game that Barry Odom just texts all of his recruits and says, "Hey, we're not playing this Saturday. This is the bye week." Yeah, this we're is not, the bye week. What what <laughs> uniform? Don't turn on your TV. What uniform does Missouri come out in? Well, usually Alabama will wear the red, the red so they'll home. probably wear like black helmets and a white white jerseys and black. I think pants, they come so. out. I think they come out with anthracite. <laughs> You think that's what they come out with? The gray. The gray? Yeah. I could see uh, that. Or could they go Bumble? Could they go Bumblebee? They might go Bumblebee. Either way. I mean, It's so ridiculous. Their uniforms are ridiculous. And I'm with Doug Fawn, who oh, no, bitches I, about it incessantly. I, 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 love, I love the unis. And the reason why I love the unis is because, number one, they're not trying to get us. They're trying to recruit eighteen-year-old kids. Eighteen-year-old oh, yeah. kids think that things. Those, they, do you think it, things are? Do cool. you think it helps with recruiting? Oh, one hundred percent. Absolutely. I, I mean, if it didn't help with recruiting, they wouldn't do it. I mean, you look at Oregon when they kind of started the trend. What was that? I don't know. Early two thousands. Yeah. yeah. They came out when Nike just went all in, and that was the the highlight of the week for a lot of fans was getting on and seeing what Oregon was wearing. No offense to you and Doug, Mizzou's not trying to recruit you to play football. <laughs> 
No, I understand that. They're, they're trying to recruit that 18-year-old high school kid. 18-year-old high school kids thinks that shit's cool. So that's the reason why I want to get it. I want to get Doug on the phone right now. <laughs> oh, I mean, like, I, no, I, I listen to the morning after. I know Doug's uh, stance on this. Very, very, very I want to see the classic M. Yeah, I want Missouri to look like Missouri. He, I understand why they got rid of that block M because it did kind of look like Michigan. Yes, I was never confused. Well, no, you're a Missouri fan. <laughs> you're not going to be. If you put those two side by side, I mean, other, I mean, it's literally a rip off it, of it, Michigan. Well, you get not necessarily a rip off. A block uh, M is a block M, right? Yeah, I mean, but I, I can understand. Are there other what is what does Montana use? What does Maine use? Montana uses they're, they're a uh, grizzly bear. It's a grizzly bear. Yep. Maine is no. the black bears. Yep. I'm not sure what they. How do you use. tell the difference between the brown bear and the black bear? Well, the black bear can jump. Oh, black bear's black and the brown bear's brown. And well, the black they, and the black bear can jump. And the black yeah. bear can jump. <laughs> That's racist. Was uh, the joke? Uh, <laughs> polar, polar bears can't jump. Said the black bear. I saw that as a joke on Twitter. That's, <sighs> that's pretty funny. Pretty good. Um, <laughs> we went there. We went there. So Mizzou, I think they should have no problem beating South Carolina, even though I know it is in. Uh, I think it is in Columbia. Columbia, it's South Carolina. Columbia, yeah. South Carolina. So it's on the road. It's always tough to win on the road. It is. But Mizzou actually didn't look terrible that at the very beginning of that Georgia game. Drew Locke seems to be in a, in a little bit of a groove. The Divas kind of worries me. But this South Carolina team isn't that good. They shouldn't have any problem handling the game. The uh, Gamecocks. They just lost to Kentucky. Go Cats over the weekend. That was a big game. Kentucky is undefeated. Just they could win the SEC East. They, they, they have that's a, crazy. Well, no, they're not. They're gonna not going to beat Georgia, but they got a they got a shot. They're top three team in, yeah. in the SEC East. Um, no, it, it's gonna it's gonna be a good game. I don't feel it's gonna be a blowout either way. Um, South Carolina had a really bad game last week, um, and then Mizzou coming off the bye week, going traveling to Carolina. Um, I expect it to be a good game, but I do agree. I think Mizzou comes out handedly. Yeah, probably. I, I they they win, they cover, they do everything. Bet the over, whatever you need to do. <laughs> it could be that could be free money. The other big games that day: Texas and Oklahoma at the uh, River City uh, Shootout. Not called shootout it's, anymore. It's the the River City is it rivalry. The, it's the Red River. The Red River Red, rivalry. Red River rivalry. What is okay? It used to be the Red River Shootout. Yeah. But you know you can't say shootout now, in 2018 because I won't, everybody will run out and buy guns. And I've always heard that you don't drink from the Red River, but you can go swimming in the Red River. I don't think you're supposed oh, to well, drink from I mean, any river. It's just I know exactly what you were talking about. <laughs> yes, unless unless you want a certain type of wing, right? The Red, yeah, that team from Detroit. The, the, the team from hey, Detroit. Where is the Red River shootout or Red River rivalry? The Red River rivalry. San Antonio? No, they play it at the Cotton Bowl in they Dallas. Do. They do. Ah, okay. They play at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas, which is actually, a, a, I mean, when you watch that game, it is crazy where that dividing line is where you see the red and you see the burnt orange. It's like uh, Enterprise Center for a Mizzou, Illinois game. Correct. Yep. It's, it looks totally awesome. It, looks to- it really does. It looks really good. Both teams are ranked this year. Uh, what was it? O- OU almost lost to Army mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. Texas finally looks like they're going to be back to where they were before. They're 19th in the country. OU was number seven. Should be a pretty good game. Um, another good game to watch that night is going to be... Uh, Notre Dame Virginia Tech. That is the the Saturday night game on ABC. Uh, Notre. So Dame this is all on to- Saturday ten twenty, correct? Correct. Cool. This is going to be on Saturday. Uh, so far, the Saturday this college football. Season, no, 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 I'm sorry. The thirteenth, not the not the twentieth, the thirteenth. It is right. Are you talking about the date? The Alabama game. Yeah, the date. The, the Alabama game is going to be on the 
13th. 13th. Okay. Right. So okay, it's, yeah. it's, it's a week from Saturday. Yes. A week from Saturday. They're playing the Gamecocks. Uh, they're going to play Jay Randolph's game, Jay Randolph Jr.'s Gamecocks on Saturday. Yeah. And then the following Saturday, they will get drubbed thoroughly by I know, the I, Alabama Crimson I, Tide. I think they're going to win. No, they it are not. Could, it could be huge. Nobody, no. nobody is beating them. Nobody is going year. to beat Alabama this year. Nobody. Come, come back to this podcast and, and tweet at me. Old takes exposed. Alabama will not lose a game <laughs> this year. Which kind of like takes some of the intrigue out of this game. Like, you know, maybe they'll lose to mm-hmm. Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Maybe they'll lose to if Georgia makes it to the SEC title game. Maybe they'll lose there. If Ohio State can pull it together, that Ohio State Penn State game was actually really good. Right. Ohio State's lucky to walk out of there with a W. Penn State should have won that game. Penn State should have won that game. Um, but Urban Meyer seems to be a little bit of the Nick Saban kryptonite. I'm not sure if I believe in this Ohio State team as much as I did his past ones. They're going to need Nick Bosa to come back and be huge to, to rush a quarterback. If they don't have Nick Bosa, then I don't, wouldn't give them much of a chance against the Crimson Tide. Will it at least be close, do you think? No. Uh-uh. The only time it'll ever be close is whenever the opening kickoff of the game is 0-0. Yeah. That's the only time it's ever going to be Does Missouri score a touchdown against that defense? Maybe in garbage time at the yeah. very end when, when they're playing like they're, yeah, when they're playing like their yeah. third string. Um, I mean, if you're Barry Odom, I'm not sure exactly how you pump up those kids to get them ready for that game. How you're anybody, really, that plays Alabama. How you're opposing coach and going to play Alabama. Yeah. I mean, especially if you're one of these sisters of the poor that's just going there to cash the check. Right. I mean, and the thing is, like, that university is cashing the check, and those kids are out there getting their ass kicked. And not seeing a dime of the money. Yeah, they're not seeing one penny of it. <laughs> Gotta love it. No money in college athletics, though. That's None. What None. It's, it's a nonprofit. It is so ridiculous. Nonprofit. I, I've gotten into so many arguments about that, about why they should pay those college kids, and they never do. We could have a whole separate podcast. We, we probably could. I think they should that. be paid. I'm not sure exactly how you do it. I'm not sure exactly how much. And I'm not saying every sport needs to be paid. Only, like, basketball and football. Those are about the only two sports who probably need to actually pay their players. But then you're going to have Title IX issues and stuff like that, so I'm not mm. sure exactly how you do it. I was going to say every feminist group in America comes beaten at your door. Oh, I mean, of, of course. And I mean, I would understand their argument, sure, but sure. I mean, there's only so much money that can go around. Yeah. And if you're trying to tell me that the volleyball player deserves as much money as a star quarterback of the football team, you're out of your mind. Here's because what you play. Here's what you play in the pregame right here. This great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what you have here tonight. boys. That's what you've earned here tonight. One game. One if game. we played them ten times, they might win nine. Or are they going to bring in Kurt Russell to do the Herb Brooks <laughs> impression? He does a hell of a Minnesota hockey. Act he really tonight. does. Tonight. Tonight, we skate with them. Tonight, we stay with them. And we shut them down yeah. because we can. Yes. <laughs> This is going to have zero effect on that Alabama defense. No, absolutely what? not. What it's going to have zero effect on that Alabama I, defense. We. It truly is a matchup like that, though. Team. USA versus uh, Russia. A little bit, yeah. David and Goliath. Absolutely. Well, I mean, like you said, anybody going up against it's Alabama is going to beat David going against Goliath. Nine times out of ten, they beat him. Yeah. Not, not tonight. I'm going to say eleven. Not I'm going to say game. I'm going to say eleven out of ten. If I had the money, if I had the money to do it, I'd put it all on Alabama to win that game. And you're not going to win a nickel because <laughs> no. I mean the odds are going to be terrible. Right. And you absolutely bring Kurt Russell to give that speech oh, in the yeah. locker room. It's going to be like 5, in Tuscaloosa. 000, you're at the bet like five thousand dollars to win five hundred dollars. Five hundred. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be. 
it'll be a bad it'll be a bad knowing bag. my luck though i'd end up doing that and the mizzou would go on and cover and i'd lose everything <laughs> and i'm saying that as a mizzou alumnus i'm, I'm talking shit about hey, my own university I mean, I, no one would be more thrilled for mizzou to win that game than me i'm just oh my god this place would go batshit absolutely they would they i mean columbia would go crazy People, there be Mizzou. There's going to be Mizzou fans at Tuscaloosa. They're going to storm that field, tear down the goalposts, and carry them all the way back up to Columbia. You know they would do that. <laughs> well, did you see that um, McKern's got Stevie Ray, former Stingray, Stingray Steve, yeah, going down to uh, Tuscaloosa. And he's going to wear Mizzou gear. There we go. Game. I saw that today. Don't get beat up, Stingray. Those, <laughs> those Alabama fans can be a little uh, vicious. I love that guy so much. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> He is the 16-year professional hockey veteran, nine of those years in the National Hockey League playing for the New Jersey Devils and the St. Louis Blues. You can hear him on the hard line, 1 to 3 p.m. Monday through Thursday on 590 The Fan and Friday afternoons on the Cam Jansen Show, 2 to 4 p.m. Also on 590 The Fan. Cam Jansen, how are you, sir? Hey, what's going on, guys? What's up? Uh, you have got to be just on cloud nine right now with the home opener and the season opener starting tomorrow night at the Enterprise Center against the Winnipeg Jets. How jacked are you right now, my friend? Oh, man, this is always an awesome time of year. You know, too bad it's 95 degrees out today. So, like, <laughs> it doesn't no, feel like hockey weather. <laughs> it, do, it doesn't, but, it's, you know, there's a, there's a cool, brisk uh, wind to the air, and, and there's a little bit of a breeze, and it, it kind of felt like Halloween-ish and, I always look back, and, and that's one of my favorite holidays because it is hockey season. Tomorrow night's going to be very interesting. We'll see where we're kind of at with these young guys and things like that. And for us in particular, like some of the alumni, we all get to walk on the ice and we get presented and things like that. So it's always a cool time. You know all your buddies are in the stand still. Everybody in St. Louis is going to be at that game. A lot of people are going to be watching it. So uh, it's always a fun time, and I'm pumped up to see the new Enterprise Center, that is. Well, the key additions that they made in the offseason, you got to hand it to uh, to Charlie Army or to uh, uh, Doug Armstrong, rather. Yeah, not Charlie Army. Not Charlie Army. <laughs> we were that's talking 20, about the Rams. That's twenty years ago. Talking about the Rams earlier, and I'm getting old and confused. Uh, Doug Armstrong, because every year he seems to be the hero because he gets rid of somebody and brings in somebody great, and then he's the villain because he doesn't make enough trades at the trade deadline, and now he seems to be the hero again. Which one of his acquisitions do you think is going to have the biggest impact on the season? Oh, man, he made some great moves. He he solidified what we were looking for, and it's exactly what he needed to do. We needed centerized depth. We need depth up the middle, exactly what we had. We The, the kids felt like they're developed now. That had nothing necessarily to do with him, of course, his scouting team. But he, he moved, went out there, got the money together to pay a big signing bonus off of Ryan O'Reilly, figured out how to get rid of some guys that kind of needed to leave. And I love Patrick Bergman. He was my teammate. One of my very good friends. God, was he fun to hang out with? Don't get me wrong. One of the nicest guys ever. But it's about that time, and things just weren't weren't where they needed to be with him. And we needed a fresh face. Look, we're going into this game tomorrow, and your top twelve forward guys. There's only four guys that are on the team in the opening uh, day roster last year. So think about that, man. It's a completely different team. Absolutely. Now the back end, the the back end, somewhat the same. Um, which is fine because we're six in the league and it goes uh, against last year. So our back end is great with a couple of new additions, but right now our top our top twelve are completely different lineup. Everybody's pumped up about it, especially with that fourth line with the kids. But with your question to answer, uh, really, it's Doug Armstrong did a hell of a job, and it's up to the coaching staff and the players 
do the reps now. You mentioned the young kids. Uh, you know, you've got you've got guys like Thomas. You've got guys like Kairu. Um, for those people who may not follow the Blues as you know heartedly as some of us do, what can they expect out of these young guys coming into this season? Well, Jordan Kyrou is going to be on the second line with Jaden Schwartz and Brady Shen. So he's going to get a lot of ice time. He's going to get a lot of opportunity. Jordan Kyrou is very dynamic, very, very fast, NHL speed, got a quick shot. He's going to get a lot of goals. He had a lot of chances in preseason, had a couple goals, a couple assists, had some great games. He developed. He was getting better and better every game, and that's what they were looking for. And he kind of solidified the spot before going into that last preseason game in Washington. That's why they set him out because they knew that he, he did what he had to do. They saw enough. The guy's great. He dominated juniors in the OHL, same league I played in, which is one of the best leagues in the world as a kid. Um, and he did everything he was supposed to do in training camp. So he solidified a spot. He's going to get some high minutes. He's going to get. He's going to be under a lot of pressure. But I think the kid's ready to go, and uh, that was fun to see. Now Rob Thomas is a little bit different. He's uh, he's a centerman. He can move up and down the lineup. Like if you put Jordan Kyra on the fourth line. He might not be as dynamic because he needs those extra minutes going in the net, trying to score goals. But Robert Thomas can sit back there, very defensive-minded, gets pucks out of his own, very very cerebral player, could uh, just very smart, thinks the game well, and he's going to be slotted up and down the line for starting off on that fourth line, winning face-off, things like that. So kind of two different kind of players, both unbelievable, both played in the, the Ontario Hockey League and both dominated, and they both made a damn team, and they're ready to rock and roll. Cam Jansen from 590 The Fan joining us on the phone right now. You can follow him on Twitter at CamJansen25. Uh, Cam, I can't think of another or a recent Blues player that's had a more up-and-down career than goalie Jake Allen, going from being a healthy scratch to looking like the answer at goal the team has been looking for for years, and then being back to shaky Jakey. If he looks more like the latter than the former, what option do the Blues have? Is Chad Johnson ready to take over if, if Jake Allen can't answer the call? Or Daddy Padre. Or Daddy Padre. <laughs> uh, don't give him a uh, – yeah, he, he thinks he is, actually. Uh, we all love Daddy Padre, man. He's a, he's a good kid. We love him. But, look, no, it's a great question. That's a question on a lot of people's minds right now. Jake Allen's going to be the make-or-break player on this team. We're loaded everywhere else. We got depth. We got kids. We got this. We got that. But Jake Allen's going to be uh, the factor, the biggest factor, in my opinion. But you got to look at it now. We were losing a lot of games last year, 2-1, to 2-0, you know, Jake would keep us in the game a little bit, but we'd lose because we weren't scoring goals. And when you get guys like Tyler Bozak, Ryan O'Reilly, these guys are defensive-minded as it is. You got Ivan Barbashev's great defensively. Things like that, all these guys in the lineup, it all helps each other. So if you got a Tyler Bozak going in the D zone, he knows exactly what to do. He's going to go low and slow, makes it easier for an Alex Petrangelo to get the puck out of the zone. You know where a veteran's going to be. You can kick the puck to him very easily. Things like that. It makes everything a lot smoother so you're not caught in your end. Therefore, Jake Allen's not getting as many shots or high-quality shots because you have the right other players in play getting pucks out of the zone. So if you get my point, man, it all kind of is yeah. like a snowball effect. You load up the middle, the D's better. The D's better, the goalie's better. It all ha- helps each other. Now, Jake, you can't go through a funk again where it's a month and you don't even know where the hell you're at and you're letting in goals from the blue line and stuff like that. That can't happen anymore. But I think the pressure won't be as much on him because of the players we have up and down the lineup. And I think he's going to be just fine. We've seen spurts of excellence with him. He's taken over series. He's won games standing on his head. He he could play. He could play goal, and he could play when he's on. He's one of the best. So he needs to keep his head straight, do his thing, and all the guys from the rest of the team need to help him out as well. 
he's going to be just fine. It seemed like when Jake Allen was at his absolute best was when uh, one of the all-time greats, Martin Brodeur, was the uh, was the goalie coach? He has now since left and gone to New Jersey, and and is now part of that organization. But do they have him like on speed dial? Do you think he would take the Blues call in case you know uh, you know Jake is starting to regress a little bit, saying, "Hey, can you give Jake a quick call, give him a quick pep talk before we get into this uh, get into this game here?" I think Marty would do it because he's an awesome guy. I played with him for seven years. He's a, a super good dude. But on the other hand, he's probably going to be like, yeah, no, I already helped you, buddy. I'm done. I got my, I got my own problem. Your loss cause. Look, I, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, I gotta, like, he's in such a different role over there to where he's probably like, oh, my God. i got to, like, worry about social media and stuff now? Oh, dear God. So he's got his own problems in his own way. Uh, so, no, man. But I tell you what, they're goalie coaching now. They'll work with Jake before. They know each other. They know uh, how to work with each other and things like that. They've done it before. So, Look, man, Marty, Marty could have whispered sweet nothings in his ear, and it might have worked. He's done it with me before, and it worked if you get to catch my dress. But, wow. but on the other hand, but on, yeah, but on the other hand, though, like, hey, just, just go do it, dude. Like, there's no excuse now. Get your head right. I know you went through some, maybe some personal issues. Not issues, I should say, but maybe like something like, oh, my, my girlfriend's pregnant. I mean, that's, that's tough to deal with at times. Maybe you could put that in that as a factor. I don't know, but it, it can't happen again for a long time. Every goalie goes through that, dude. Like they do, they do. How long do you? How, how long does it take for you to crawl your ass out of it? That's the question. And he can't go through a month getting lit up like that and not being on his game and going back and forth. But if it does happen, Chad Johnson, you got to be there. You're a Wiley veteran. We expect you to come in and win some games as well. Kim Jansen sending a stout message to uh, Jake Allen. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I, look, he doesn't need to hear it. I mean, he, he knows. knows. I'm just telling all your fans, like, that, 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 that's what needs to happen. Like, at this point, it's like, Jake, just go do it. We love you. We're, we root for you. We're, we're believing you. Go do it, man. We got everybody else in play. Now it's up to you. Go play some hockey. Everybody's for sure pulling them, uh, pulling for him. Cam, in terms of yeah. the Western Conference, the Blues obviously made a lot of maze, uh, made a lot of moves. But where do they stack up in that conference and uh, the NHL, NHL as a whole? Damn, that's a good question, man. You know, Sometimes, excuse me, when you're in St. Louis and you look at this beloved team that we love, we love the Blue Note here, man. You know, the Rams are gone. Everybody just gets fixated with different things. What's going Like, what what kind of had the Colton Breakover wear today? Like, okay, yeah, fine. But you don't sit back and look at every other team and be like, okay, the LA Kings have some veterans on that team that know how to win Stanley Cups. They got an unbelievable goalie. They got Ilya Kolachuk, a guy I played with, who is one of the coolest guys in the world, by the way. Like the coolest cat in the world, but he is—he seriously, dude, he is the sickest hockey player I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen anybody so gifted than Ilya Kovalchuk in my life. I played with some cool cats, played with some big dogs. Ilya Kovalchuk was the best. That guy would make Marty look foolish at times, which is not easy to do. No kidding, in practice. Not oh, oh God. Like stupid stuff. Was it, just, was, was it just was it just his skating or his, his stick handling, his puck handling? He, what was it? He's six foot three and a half. He's built like a brick, you know what? And he can skate like the wind. He's got the sickest hands and the best shot ever. And he's just a great guy. And he's always got a smile on his face. That guy would go down and flip the puck up fifteen times and tap it over Marty's head and then tap it in with one hand, like stuff like that. Where you're like, Jesus, Colby. Yeah. Like, okay, now I. Now I have to do a penalty shot after you. After you pull back <laughs> so my point is, the dude's going to probably score 30, 35 goals this year, and that's going to take the LA Kings to another level. Now you got Vegas Golden Knights. Hey, don't tell me they're count, don't count them out for anything. They loaded up with Paul Stastny. They got Matt Pacioretty. 
they got one of their top demons out for 20 games because of a uh, PED issue, which was very bizarre. We don't even need to get into that. But they're going to be solid. Dallas Stars are going to be solid. Like, look at all these teams, man. Calgary Flames are going to be better. So they're going to have some trouble, and they're going to have to keep up with these teams. But with the, with the lineup that they do have, maybe they've they got to be able to keep up with the big boys and go toe-to-toe with these guys. I think they can, but boy, oh boy, there's a lot of good teams out there. Cam, what are some of the biggest surprises you think we're going to see with the St. Louis Blues this season? Hmm. Okay, well, I think, I don't know if it's going to be a surprise, but I think, uh, that's a great question too, man. I think, um, I think Jordan Cairo, not to, excuse me, it's going to be a, necessarily a surprise. I think he's really going to come in his own and like, come to figure out his game, I should say, and figure out his identity and figure out how to play with those two guys, with Jaden Schwartz and Braden Shin. Like, if he connects with them, this kid's going to be scary. He's so fast. I think he could take games over. We saw a spurts of it in preseason where you're like, okay, yeah, you're out. You're in NHL. You're in NHL. That was an NHL move. That was an NHL play. That was an NHL shot. Okay, where are we gonna where are we gonna put you in the lineup here? Okay, we'll put you with the one or two best players on the ice here and make you better. Yeah, I think I think Jordan Cairo is gonna come out maybe a little hesitant at first, try to get his timing down with these big defensemen. They're gonna either go against top demons a lot, so he's gonna have to figure out ways to get around them. He's not a big guy, but I think eventually with his speed and with his other two players that he's playing with, those guys are gonna feed him for breakaways a lot, and it's gonna be fun to watch. Cam, you know what it's like to hit the ice for your hometown team. How much adrenaline will be pumping through the arteries of Pat Maroon tomorrow night when the Blues take on the uh, Winnipeg Jets? Well, I mean, dude, sometimes you need to, like, sit down and be like, okay, Cam, 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 take a breath. Don't don't look at anybody in the stands. You're seeing everybody you know, like people you grew up with, your teachers from back in the day behind the bench, your girl you're in love with in high school. Like, you're just like, holy cow. Like, okay, don't block all that crap out. Play hockey. Yeah. Do your thing and just separate yourself from, from the fan. Like, but then on the other hand, you want to get the fans going. Like, I want to put a show on. And this is me just talking. Like, Patty's got to – look, Patty's role is completely different than mine. When I went in there, I'm like, oh, I'm going to some, I'm gonna catch somebody with their head down. I'm going to get the fans going. I'm going to get this to a two-minute scrap. I'm going to get everybody riled up. But Patty's got to go play his game. He's got to control his emotions. He has a bad shift. You just got to just suck it up, go out there. And if things aren't working out, they go hit guys. But you have to control your emotions out there, which is very difficult to do when you know half the people are probably related to you somehow. Cam, I want to step away from the Blues for a minute and talk to you about Tom Wilson. It was announced today that he will be serving a 20-game suspension uh, for his hit the other night. You played the game. It's obviously a very rough game. Bodies are flying all over the ice. What do you make of Tom Wilson's suspension today and knowing that, yes, he's got a ser- serial career of knocking people on their ass? What, what would you make of I mean, what would you, like, how quickly would you have his sweater over his head and beating the shit out of him yes. ever that cheap shot on Oscar <laughs> oh. Zungvist? I mean, you had to be oh wanting God. to jump through your TV. Well, let me, there's just a two part question. So, first off, let me tell you what I would have done if I was on the ice. And it's easy to say that, but I've done it before, so I got, you know, I got, go on YouTube, you know, please. So here, here's what I would have done. <laughs> if, if, if I didn't see the hit like Chris Thorburn didn't, because I watched, you watched, you break it down. Thorburn didn't see the hit. He's going on that. He didn't see it. But you look back, and you got a guy jumping on his tongue, bleeding, bleeding out of 15 orcuses in his, in his body because he got rocked so damn hard by a train, 
and you look and you see Tom Wilson with his hands up looking at Vince like, hey, what did I do? You know <laughs> what happened. So if you can't get to him there, I, 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 it's tough because it's preseason. But I, I would have grabbed somebody, though, and just went by their fence and, like, I'm going to pump this dude and just let you all know that that ain't happening again. Although you don't play them anymore, really. So it's tough. Like, yeah, Silver should have just, just kind of set the tone and maybe had a statement, made a statement because of it. But on the other hand, he didn't see it. But according to the hit, though, um, he didn't need to do that. So and I look at these hits, man. And I've made those back check hits where I knock guys out, cruising back. You can't do that anymore. I started getting suspended all the damn time, and I'm like, whoa, i got to control myself. Because me and Tom Wilson and Ryan Reeves and a couple other – we have an itch in our head, dude. And I know it sounds weird, but when you're playing this sport, it's so competitive. And some guys have that itch where you just want to hit guys and let everybody know, like, I I, I can hurt hurt you. And I know it sounds bad. And there's sometimes you could do that, and there's sometimes you're not. That kind of particular hit was, I'm going to hurt you hit. And it's completely unnecessary against a San Antonio AHL team that you're never going to play against. These guys, you never, you're never going to deal with pretty much any of them on the ice. Maybe a couple guys here and there. That hit was so unnecessary for a guy that's a repeat offender. Four suspensions in the last 105 games is ridiculous. You knew you were going to get dinged for that. <clears throat> Excuse me. It wasn't a four-check hit like, I'm going to go set the tone. Or I'm gonna go hit this guy and knock him off the puck to make a play. Or, you know, that was a I'm a, I'm pissed off because somebody hit me in the corner uh, a minute ago. So I'm gonna go and I'm gonna blindside this kid and knock him out because I'm pissed off and I need to make a statement. That's unacceptable, and that's why he got 20 games. Cam, I was listening to the station last night and heard that you're gonna be on now daily with the Cam Jansen show from six to seven Monday through Friday. Is that correct? I believe that's what's what's uh, what's going down. I'm going to have my own hour, six to seven, uh, Monday through Thursday, and then of course my my show from uh, live at Top Shooters from two to four on Fridays. I believe that's what's going to happen. I think it's uh, uh, kind of a great idea um, to to kind of just have my own thing go throughout the hockey season. So I'm I'm pretty excited about that. If it's Hey, you never know what could happen in the next two days, but I think that's worth. Is it, is it six to seven a.m. or six no, to seven p.m. p.m. No, PM. Oh, Kim. So, what yeah, what yeah. can we expect in that show? Will that will that be guest heavy? Will it be an, will it be analysis heavy? What are you what are you kind of planning on doing with that? Well, say that one more time, guys. I, I didn't oh, catch that. Sorry, I said, is it going to be a guest heavy show or, or analysis heavy, or what? What are you planning on doing with well, that with I'm that hour during do, the week? I'm going to kind of do my thing. I mean, an hour long, you can do that. You know, sleeping. So, there's with all this hockey talk, I'm going to dive in all kinds of stuff. I'll have guys on. I'll have. I'll, I'll just. I'll, I'll, I'll lead into the game. I'll do it. I'll, I'll just kind of do my thing. And there's going to be so much hockey talking. There's not much. There's not many people talking hockey in, in, on the radio waves as it is. And uh, so I'll be at different uh, places, uh, you know, like bars and different things like that. So it'll be kind of cool. I have a cool crowd there and things like that. So um, I'm excited, man. And, uh, you know, just, just just happen to get up and, 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 and read about hockey is uh, – uh, a lot easier than kind of touching up on a million different things that you gotta you gotta do on a on a different show to catch my drift. Well, I say it's a miracle that you and Dave Rapp do a show from a bar talking about <laughs> hockey, and so far the FCC has not shut that mother down. I, I think that I think that's I think that's a minor miracle how that's happened. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> oh, we love it. We love it. No, we uh, no, it's fun, man. Like there's again, there's not many hockey. T- like you, you'll see different like 
fan pins and stuff like that on Facebook, but there's not too many hockey shows. And, uh, and, and so I, it'll, it'll be cool to have my own thing uh, every day. And, uh, again, just, there's just so much to talk about. And, you know, you could, you could bang a lot of things out in an hour. Well, we're lucky to have you here in St. Louis, Cam, and thanks for, uh, thanks for doing all that radio stuff for us. Keep the, uh, yeah, keep, no keep the hockey fans abreast of situations. A- absolutely. Cam, enjoy the home over tomorrow night. Enjoy the season. And uh, we look forward to having you on again real soon. Right on, guys. Thanks, Take care, Cam. man. Thanks, we'll, Cam. we'll talk to you. See, See you, Cam. Guys. That is Cam Jansen from 590 The Fan. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at CamJansen25. He's been the co-host of the wildly popular The Morning After alongside Timothy Michael McKernan and Douglas Elvin Vaughn on 590 The Fan, 7 to 10 a.m. Monday through Friday for the past 14 years. And for the past 18 years, he's been excelling at regional cable sports journalism covering the St. Louis Cardinals and the St. Louis Blues on Fox Sports Midwest. You can follow him on Twitter at the Cat on Fox, And be sure to download his podcast, The Cat Chat, available at InsideSTL.com. Jimmy the Cat Hayes, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, and I'm awful on all those media platforms. <laughs> Don't sell yourself like that, Jim. Come, Come on, on now. Everybody knows you better than that. You've been around for 20 years. You're not fooling anybody. Uh, Jim, not exactly the ending that the Cardinals wanted, but uh, wanted, but I'm not sure you could dis- uh, characterize this season as boring or uninteresting. What would you say, or would you say that the, this team has more questions or more answers going into the offseason? Uh, I'd say it's an equal mix of uh, answers and questions. <clears throat> the thing I, I really like is the fact that uh, Alex Reyes is coming back. Um, I think they're going to have an abundance of young pitching talent, but some of the lingering questions um, that were hovering around this team going into last year uh, remain. You know, do they have enough offense? And I look at the teams in the playoffs now, and it's it's a great year for the postseason for Major League Baseball, in my opinion, but it seems that Major League teams have stocked up on guys who can hit, sort of like the NBA went to that three-superstar format in Major League Baseball. You need four guys in the middle of your order who can, who can crush the baseball. And I look at the Cardinals lineup by comparison, and I just think they're going to have to add a bat. I think there's questions about third base, what's going to be with uh, Dexter Fowler, and then uh, what you do with uh, – uh, Martinez, Carlos Martinez, is he in the bullpen? I think he's better served as a starter if they plan to hold on to him. I think that makes the rotation even better than you have to get a closer. What will be with Adam Wainwright, who apparently uh, wants to come back to the Cardinals as a starter? He, to me, he was pretty clear about that. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of questions that uh, they're going to have to address, but I would love to see them go out and get that big bat that we thought Ozuna would be and could be next year if his shoulder's healthier, but that's another question mark. Um, but, if, boy, if they could go out and get a Bryce Harper, I would love that. I think you and everyone else in St. Louis would. <laughs> I'd rather have Manny Machado. Well, that's, just, that's just my preference, but I'm not, I'm not going to kick Bryce Harper out of bed. Well, here's the thing about Machado, and, and, and again, I haven't discussed any of this with anyone associated I, you know, the Cardinals have had trouble recently getting the big fish to want to live in St. Louis. And you can only, you know, push the toasted ravs in the, <laughs> the proximity to the Lake of the Ozarks so, you know, so far. Um, and, and I think with a guy like Machado, I, I just think he wants to be in a big market. Where Bryce Harper, I think he's a baseball guy. I think he, you know, from what I understand, he's not a big partier. I think... I think he might be a guy you could get to St. Louis, but that's all speculation. And, 
and and who knows if the Cardinals were willing to do it. I'm just saying, I think it's time having missed the playoffs for three years. I don't bash the Cardinals because part of the reason why they were able to be so good so consistently for so long is they were disciplined in, in how they spent their money and how they went about it and how they stuck to what their metrics say the dollar value for a particular player is. But I think, and it's a phrase that was used last year, maybe it's time the Cardinals get out of their comfort zone a little bit. That's interesting what you just said about uh, Bryce Harper and Manny Machado because I remember when I was on 590 and I had Bob Nightingale on my show and he told me that Manny Machado just wants to play baseball. That's all he's interested in doing. And Manny Machado, for a 26-year-old kid from from, uh, Miramar, Florida, he has no social media presence, uh, presence whatsoever, no Twitter, no Instagram, no Facebook. That's kind of odd for a millennial these days. Yeah, I think once you've had a, a taste of the uh, the markets that he's been at, I, I'm just not so sure St. Louis could be. It, it, you know, is is for him. And again, I, it's pure speculation. I haven't talked to anyone associated with Machado or Bryce Harper. I guess the closest I got to Bryce Harper is that uh, Tim McKernan, while he was golfing in Florida, stumbled upon Bryce Harper fishing in one of those little golf lakes on a golf course somewhere. So, <laughs> um, so I mean. I, I, I'm just saying what my what my feeling is, but I I think we all agree they could use another big bat in that lineup. Jim, I'm curious as to what your evaluation of Cardinals manager Mike Schilt is. Obviously, uh, you know Mike Matheny was let go during the middle of the year. You covered that. Uh, Schilt was brought up or brought in, I should say, uh, did a pretty good job. You know, initially got the extension. He's going to be around for two more seasons at least. The Cardinals kind of, you know, foddered at the end of the year. So I'm curious to know what your stance is on Mike Schilt and his tenure in St. Louis. Well, I, I understand why the Cardinals uh, made that move. Um, although part of me, you know, and I'm a rights holder, so I can never criticize the Cardinals. But um, part of me found it um, curious that they talked about they didn't want to change anything, so they went ahead and and, and uh, extended Schilt where. That is changing something. I don't think that had any impact. The Cardinals looked at it as, we know this guy. Their big question was, will the players respond? Will they buy his message? And that became pretty clear pretty quickly that the answer to that was yes. So this wasn't a meet and greet for the Cardinals. They knew Schilde's done everything in that organization uh, you can possibly think of. And uh, I think he did a very good job. And just being around the players and, you know, there weren't players that wanted to be outspoken about criticizing Mike Matheny, but they all praised Schilt. And this is, you know, when he was first named interim, and as things went down the stretch, and even when things at the very end weren't going well, they love this guy, and they will play for this guy. And I think he is a good baseball man. I think, you know, you can second-guess any manager, but I would say uh, most of his decisions are pretty sound. And and the, I like the fact, too, that he'll actually explain them after games without getting angry. Uh, I think he's the right guy for the job. Now they need a couple more pieces so that uh, he can take what they did last season and, and, and try to extend it into the postseason. Jim Hayes joining us from Fox Sports Midwest and from the morning after on 590 The Fan. You can follow him on Twitter uh, at the Cat on Fox. You brought him up earlier, Adam Wainwright, and you said that it sounds like he wants to come back and he also wants to come back as a starter. He's closer to 40 than he is to 30. He's had a myriad of injuries over the years. Do you think it's worth bringing him back at the expense of slowing down the progress of the young arms? Or is it as well, simple as he's Adam Wainwright, a Cardinal legend, you got to bring him back? 
Yeah, I, I, I'm not, you know, big on, well, the guy deserves it because of his place in, in Cardinal history or the fact that he's, a, you know, a wonderful guy. To me, that doesn't play into it. I just, every season going into spring training, you're like, boy, they got a surplus of pitching. And then at some point in the season, they don't have enough starting pitching. Uh, I, you know, if, if Wayno is, is willing to take a, a very team-friendly deal and uh, they need a guy at the end of the rotation, uh, I would I would probably be interested in it. I, I'm not sure that's what Wayno wants, uh, though. You know, what he said to us um, in Chicago led me to believe that that is what he's interested in happening. And and you know, talking to the other guys, they feel he can still pitch. You know, he can still be an effective pitcher. That I don't think that means that he's going to you know harken back to his prime. But I think he can still pitch. I think he can still be an effective pitcher. My question mark about Wainwright is if you go ahead and, and, you know, you put him at the end of the rotation, health-wise, will he hold up? And I think that's a question even Adam Wainwright would agree is legitimate. I'm not sure he can get through it. He believes he can, and he wants to see what's left in the tank. As he put it, there's a lot left in there. Um, and I, I think it's not like he gets a free pass because he's Adam Wainwright. I think when he did come back through his uh, rehab process and then when he did come back, he showed – there is still something in there, and perhaps the Cardinals could use that. Jim, now that uh, the depressing portion of the, the Cardinals part of this podcast is over, talking about uh, them not making the postseason, I'm curious as to what your life is like these days. Obviously, you travel a lot during the season. Uh, I mean, your your coast-to-coast -coast coverage of the Cardinals is, is outstanding. We don't need uh, – we could sit here and talk about oh, it all the, day. The pregame shows are the absolute best, as, yeah. as you know, you're well aware of. <laughs> what, are, what are you guys drinking? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but hard liquor. Nothing but hard liquor. Uh, but I am curious to know what uh, what the Cats' life is like other than, you know, 590 and uh, not covering uh, Cardinals every night. Well, I will be doing some, uh, some blues uh, studio shows, and we will be doing quite extensive – Cardinal hot stove show, so I'll have a hand in all of that. We'll cover winter meetings, winter. So I'll still be uh, doing some stuff, just not as busy, which I'm thankful for because the, the regular season it it is a grind. So I get to be a dad again. There um, you go. I think I think my wife is really happy that I'm home for the first three days, and then yeah. I start <laughs> I how short lived is that? But, I said, how short lived is that happiness? No, it, it, she she's the best. But you know, as she says, people think putting up with you is a barrel of laughs. It's not. <laughs> she's always so supportive. But uh, I get to be a dad. My kid's nine. He plays baseball. He plays basketball. And he plays soccer right now. He's playing soccer, so I get to see those games. Not my favorite sport. I don't say that in front of him. Although, I, <laughs> so I'm. I mean, I like soccer, but. Uh, I have more fun when he plays baseball, and I coach his basketball. I was going to ask you, are you, you going to continue your illustrious coaching career this season? Yeah. Well, yeah. We, you know, every year we have a rough start because the kids are playing other sports, and we get off to a, you know, if we get off to an 0-2 start, my kid puts uh, his arm around me and says, Dad, we lose our next one, you're fired. <laughs> and, and I always say this, too, that, you know, like, I just want the kids to have fun. I make sure every kid plays. We mix up so everyone gets to start the games. It's uh, it's not you know the highest level basketball. It's just his buddies from school that you know may end up playing basketball you know elsewhere. And I'm trying my best to mix having fun and, and teach. Um, but we, I said one offensive play last year, one, and it was just a low a low post screen, the kind of thing that if it's not there, you can just keep running it and move the ball around. 
and not once all season did they ever call play number one. (laughs) I don't want to be embarrassed when no one does it. (laughs) I mean, low post basketball, no one does that anymore. It's It's all all about shooting threes, man. It's all about spreading the floor. Well, uh, look, all, I'm about move, move without the ball. I'm a big <laughs> move, move without the ball. I'm like uh, the guy in Hoosiers. You know, like if I could run practice without without shooting, um, but I think shooter might get mad at that and get drunk somewhere and fall down in a field. The, the, you know, the, the, the other thing that I do is uh, I have a press that we do right before half and then the final minutes if it's close, and here's, and here's how I mask it. I yell, <laughs> Press! <laughs> Everyone's the ball. You have no idea what's coming. Like no. It probably fools the hell out of Absolutely. Uh, the, the other team. You just very, don't, very covert. Don't see it coming. Yeah. As Mr. Berger mentioned in his intro of you that you've hosted TMA for the past 14 years. I've been a TMA listener for a long time. And, Kat, I've known you now for, God, I feel like five, six, seven years, a long time. We haven't really talked. What is what is your favorite part of TMA? TMA, you know, is is a silly show. It's not real sports heavy. It's you guys talk a lot of current topics, and and there's a lot of silliness about you know Daddy Padre and those kinds of things. What, what's your what's your favorite gag? What's your favorite part of TMA? I, you know, it's not one specific thing. I like when we stumble into a topic that carries throughout um, the show and maybe the week. And what, as we tend to do, we beat a dead horse on that show, so it'll probably carry on longer than the listeners like, but. The truth is, like, there are times, I mean, I'll fly in and get in, you know, the door of my house at 3 in the morning, and I'll still go do TMA. So there are times it's not the easiest thing, but between Doug and Tim and Plowsy and Iggy and before that even Martin, those guys make me laugh. And I just like talking to those guys because, honestly, the laughter, and I laugh all the time on that show because those guys are funny guys. And, you know, I, I... I don't know what you, chemistry is a, a word that's overused, but to me it just feels natural. And if and if they could sell the show and it's profitable and everyone can you know get a few dollars out of it, then then it's great because for a job it's pretty fun to do based on the talent of all the folks associated with the show. And one, that's the honest truth. One of your favorite things to do is hold Iggy accountable. Uh, whenever you know he likes to spread his stories around about whether it be Hedo or what he made for dinner or if he was cooking naked. Um, what's your favorite gag of the show? The favorite running well, joke? I, I like going. I do like going after Iggy a little bit <laughs> because <clears throat> some would say he has a, a casual relationship with the truth, but. <laughs> But over the years, there are times, and I consider myself to be a nice guy, but there are times, I think, in the show where people are funnier or better when you push them a little bit, you poke them a little bit. Like, I think Kilcoin, who I think Kilcoin is a brilliant guy, super talented. I mean, really talented guy. But even when I did the show with him, I'd poke him a little bit. Like, I think sometimes you get more out of it. So every once in a while, I know I'm doing it. Um, but I'm doing it to try to see if we can get something funny out of it. I like Iggy. I, he's got a great heart. Um, again, sometimes he'll say things on the air, <laughs> which um, I, I know to be not true. <laughs> and, I, and I like to explore that, or as we say, workshop that. <laughs> right. Uh, Jim, we appreciate you making time for us. Final question for the night. I know that you've been uh, covering sports for over 20 years. You've had a very successful career. What is the best piece of advice that you've had in your career and who gave it to you? My dad. My dad was in the business a long time. We play his song sometimes on, on the show. He was the most talented guy that, uh, that I've ever seen. And he used to tell me, show up on time. Like, he was crazy for that. He's like, you could be in a job that 
maybe you're over your head or you're still learning, the least you can do is show up on time and be prepared to do it. And that, that stuck with me. So, I mean, everywhere, growing up, that was important, promptness. So when I'm you know, told to be on a flight at a certain time, I'm not going to miss that flight. So I'm there an hour you know, and 20 minutes ahead of time. Based on how my dad brought me up, the least you can do is show up on time. And my dad used to say, too, you know, if you can laugh and have some fun with the job, then it doesn't seem like work, too. So those two things stayed with me. Continuing on about your dad, I know that he, he hosted uh, the one of the first versions of Supermarket Sweep, and then he had he had the, the song, The Old Master Painter. What, what other kind of stuff did he do? What, what kind of stuff was he involved in? Let me tell you, this guy, he was in plays, which I couldn't believe. Wow. Uh, he hosted other game shows. He hosted... And, and when all that dried up, because, um, you know, he did some game shows, and, and it's, a, it's a tough racket, and so he had to reinvent himself, and he became a talk show host, and he was on the air. He did, like, a, a national show, and then he was on in Philadelphia for the longest, longest time. But unlike me, like, here's the difference. My, my dad, he was going to do a play where he had, like, the, the male lead where he was singing and dancing, <laughs> and right before, you know, he's, he's talking to us like, like we're laying around on the couch, you know, like I get nervous, like, you know, I, I write down everything that I got to do, you know, in a game, game hits and, you know, like not my dad, my dad was a natural and he was so relaxed, but he could do anything in regard to radio, TV, whatever, any media, he could do it. And I've never seen anything like him. Such an awesome story. That almost had to kind of like drive you crazy too. That it came so natural to him, and you felt like you had to work, you know, harder to be just as good as he was. Yeah, and and my dad too. Like you know, I have a brother who's in the business. I have a a little sister who's in the business. But my dad, for some reason, and and I think maybe he was drinking. But he used to <laughs> tell me how good I was, and and I used to tell my older brother, who's smarter than me, and you know, he's he's a suit, so. Uh, what I say, his job is he fires people in radio. That's his <laughs> job. But my, I, honestly, I could bring a, a a plate of garbage to my dad, and I'd say, "Look, Dad, I I made this," and he'd be, "That is awesome." Like, he would find it. like I would bring home a tape from college and play it for my dad, and he'd say, "You got something? Wow, that's good." And I'd play it for my brother, and he said, "You should be an art major." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jimmy the Cat Hayes, you can hear him on the morning after, Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 a.m. on 590 The Fan. You can catch him uh, throughout the blue season on Fox Sports Midwest and make sure you get his podcast, The Cat Chat, available at InsideSTL.com. Follow him on Twitter at the Cat on Fox. Jimmy the Cat Hayes, thank you for making time for us, sir. We hope to have you on again soon. Yeah, I will do it, gentlemen. I had a good time. Thank you for having me on. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Cat. See ya. You've been listening to the Last Man Up podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Last Man Up Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Burger. You can follow Clay at Ton of Clayton. And you can follow Andy at Emo6. Speaking of Andy Hanselman, he has our top five sports trends of the week. Oh, what is going on there? Let's just start this from the very beginning. Yep. There's That lady wanted to talk, and I didn't want to hear her. All right, here we go again. You're listening to the Last Man Up podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Last Man Up Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Burger. And you can follow Clay at Ton of Clayton and Andy at Emo6. Speaking of Andy Hanselman, he's got our top five trending sports topics of the week. Hey, it's the Week in Hot Takes, courtesy of our friends over at Awful Announcing. The number five hot take Mike 
Bianchi writes, there's no doubt about it that Scott Frost regrets leaving UCF for Nebraska. Yes, I would say so because Nebraska is still living in that Tom Osborne era mm-hmm. where they think they should still be a national contender year in and year out. I'm telling you, I mean, kids do not want to go freeze their ass off in Nebraska. They just they just don't want to. And you traded in, I mean, you cashed in, I guess I should say, a great program at UCF. Yeah, I mean, you're, you were probably never going to be a serious national contender, but... You were living in Orlando, Florida, You're and that UCF campus I've heard is one of the most beautiful in the nation. And you traded that in for Bugahaw. Blake Bortles went to UCF, and Blake Bortles' ex girlfriend went to UCF. So that's all you need. That's, right that's all you needed to that's know. You need to that's know. all you need to know. Wally Hall of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette at Arkansas Online writes that Arkansas was as good as Auburn in a game they lost thirty-four to three. No, they were not. Look at it, the scoreboard, it, ladies and gentlemen. In the words of Jim Rome, scoreboard. Scoreboard. Scoreboard says everything. 34 to 3, no. You were not as good as Auburn that get, uh, uh, in that game. I'm sorry. Not it's not all. happening. Not at all. Uh, hot take number three of the week Jason McIntyre blasts Baker Mayfield for pulling out his phone. When did he pull out his phone? Uh, in the take heard around the world, Fox Sports' Jason McIntyre went on Colin Coward's show oh, and course. criticized Baker Mayfield after Mayfield led the Browns to their first win in 635 days because Mayfield had his phone out after the victory. Five minutes later, he comes out of the locker room to go on the NFL Network set, and he had his phone in his hand. That was the number one thing I looked at. When you look at NFL quarterbacks after the game, they don't have their phone. Baker Mayfield's first thought was that after that win was, I got to get on social media and see what people are saying about me. Okay. Well, I mean, Baker Mayfield is a millennial. Millennials tend to be kind of like that. That's, yeah. just, that's just how they are. That's how the generation is. Colin Coward has had a hard-on for Baker Mayfield for a long time. I have no idea why he hates that kid so much. But Colin Coward is a little bit of an old fuddy-duddy. If you watch Baker Mayfield in that game against the New York Jets, the second half against the New York Jets, and then that game this past Sunday against the Oakland Raiders, Baker Mayfield's got a future in the National Football League. No doubt. He's he's a great talent. He made some careless throws, but he's a rookie quarterback. He's going to make careless throws. He, he I think the the Cleveland uh, the Cleveland Browns have finally found their quarterback, and Baker Mayfield's going to be fine. He could keep his phone with them wherever he goes. It's kind of that old old versus new school mentality. Absolutely. And I think Colin Coward is paid to openly hate good things in life. Well, I remember so. Colin, Colin Coward, I mean, he used to go on and on and on about quarterbacks who wore their caps backwards. He's like, if you look at Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning always wears his cap with the bill facing forward, but, you know, and, and he's a winner. But when you look at quarterbacks like Tony Romo and Matt Stafford, who wore their uh, their hat backwards, you could tell that team's not going anywhere. He's Tom- like, you would. He's like, you wouldn't show up at a job interview with a, with a baseball cap on backwards. I'm like, I wouldn't show up to a job interview wearing that, a baseball yeah, cap, period. Period. And it's a freaking professional sports. Like, he's not going to work at Office Depot. Yeah, I mean, Colin Coward so ne- stupid. never played a professional sport in his life. Never. And has the gall to dictate how athletes should act before, during, and after a game. Just mind-blowing. Annoying. Is Colin Coward a B-fib? <laughs> yes. He, he's, he, he's got B-fib tendencies. He, he would lead the charge if he and were I'll tell a St. Louis I mean, Cardinals fan. I used to listen to him a lot when he was on ESPN, and now that he's on Fox Sports, he's so annoying because everything in L.A. is great. All the L.A. teams are great. The Rams are going to win the Super Bowl. The Lakers are going to win the Western Conference. I mean, it's like, look, enough. We get it. You're in Los Angeles. You're happy out there. There's no need to kiss their team's asses. A noted baseball statistics writer and current Boston Red Sox senior baseball operations advisor, Bill James, decided to run a Twitter poll on the likelihood Kavanaugh's accuser is telling the truth. (laughs) 
Really? He deleted it after a lot of backlash, but even the way he framed it was troubling. He said, what is the likelihood that Kavanaugh's accusers telling the truth? Less than 10%, 10 to 50, 50 to 90, more than 90. So a survey would say that that would be called so, a, a leading question. Yes, and it wasn't even a yes, no. No. It was a percentage of whether or not she's lying or telling the truth. And Bill James, of all people. Of all tweet, people, of all Bill pe- James. I, that's a problem. Talk about talk about a lack of self awareness. I mean, people who have no business and, and use a platform to to go ahead and start that is why social media is so bad. It's so bad for society, and that's coming from millennial. <laughs> and the number one hot take of the week. This is even crazier. Darren Ravel says Coke gained three point four million dollars. From a bottle visible during Christine Blasey Ford's testimony. I believe it. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. equity. At and least James's take was on the actual relevant part of the situation, though. ESPN Sports Business reporter Darren Ravello is notorious for reducing everything to dollars, cents, and benefits to corporations. And boy, did he do that Thursday with a tweet, dur- uh, tweet during Blasey Ford's Senate Judiciary okay. Committee testimony <laughs> discussing the value Coke gained from Blasey Ford drinking a Coke during the testimony. Okay, so I, I get that. Not exactly the best forum to be talking about, like no. But I mean, do you you don't see like entertainment reporters talking about like who's the boss trending because Alyssa Milano was in the background of Brett Kavanaugh when Which he was giving his testimony. Fantastic, by the way. Do you think? Uh, do you think she called Nick Saban and was like, "Hey, how do I position this Coke bottle?" She might have. I don't know. <laughs> in front but of the I mean, like, it's amazing how just small things like that can can lead to big business. <sighs> and that's Darren Ravel's job. Is and to that's, find, that, that's what he talks he, about. Oh yeah, absolutely. His, literally, his one thing is finding obscure foods to talk about at stadiums and brand placement. Two questions: Yes or no? Did either of you watch the hearing, the actual hearing? I did I, not. I, I watched a good deal of it. Did you watch the SNL cold yes, open? I did. On Watch the SNL Matt, cold open. Matt Damon. Did wow. you go back and watch the regular stuff after you watched the SNL cold open? <laughs> I couldn't no. after that. I did because I wanted to see how he was spot on. He was spot on. I mean, he was spot and on. he's saying all this crazy shit, and I'm like, he didn't say that stuff, did he? And so I had to go back and watch it. And they it was, actually, I found a comparison to where somebody hit, put them side by side, and it's like, yeah, there's Brett Kavanaugh yeah, saying, him. saying this stuff. Was, I like beer. <laughs> yeah. I like. I like. What do you want? I like beer. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what job interview you go to where you cry and talk about how much you love beer and you still are considered for the job. I like how Matt Damon, every time he went back to the calendar, he started crying. Yeah. <laughs> it was It's great, though, because it was live in the fact that he had to hold the face because he broke like a few times. A couple he times. He's trying to cry, but he's dying laughing. The whole thing was just ridiculous. You knew that SNL was going to nail it. Oh, oh absolutely. Sure. And they did. They, they did. did. They did. absolutely nailed it. And then um, Kate McKinnon. As Senator Lindsey Graham. Yes. Yes. It was really good. <laughs> Kate McKinnon is such a talent. She is. Unbelievable. One of the funniest people on the face of the Another earth. thing, another great thing that came out of, it sounds terrible to say this, a great thing that came out of the Brett Kavanaugh <laughs> uh, testimony was the the splice up between him and Jules Winfield, the scene in Pulp Fiction. Yes. What yes. he was talking to. And the thing is that the guy, he was talking to the guy named Brad, not Brett, but it sounds like yeah. Brett close enough. Yeah. yeah. And then that scene where uh, <laughs> Lindsey Graham starts going off and he turns and he goes <laughs> and he yells, I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. <laughs> and then Lindsey Graham just gets real quiet and kind of sinks down in the seat. That had me howling with laughter. The internet, the internet is undefeated when it, it comes to that stuff. Is. It really we, does. As much as we want to complain about social media, and a lot of social media can be evil and annoying. It can be. But when it does it right, it is the best. The funniest thing, still to this day, that I've seen 
on Twitter, and I'm talking it was maybe five minutes after Villanova beat North Carolina, that last-second shot yes. of the NC title game a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and then someone took the ball, the basketball that was shot, and made it into the crying Jordan head yes. of the basketball that went in, and that was like five minutes after the game was over, and I'm like, the internet is the best. Right. Who thinks of that stuff that fast? I have no idea. I have no idea how I mean, you edit it that quickly. This is We're sitting with one of the most creative minds in the world right <laughs> yes, here with one us. one of the most evil men in, in all of America right there. No, one of the most creative minds in the world. You're pretty creative. I'm pretty creative. But he, he blows our creativity out Absolutely. of the water. Our, our creativity I don't think, combined is not like maybe half of his. And I don't think... All three of us combined could have been that creative to come up with something that witty and funny. You ha- you have to be at a really low point in your life to to be sitting on your computer while that stuff is going on and decide, you know what, I'm going to open up this can of worms and, and to do that. I mean, it's super, super easy to do. It's really the biggest hurdle that you jump over is, is this worth it and is this going to attract Oh, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it is absolutely 100% worth it. Yeah. I just don't know how you would edit it that quickly together. Like, where would you get the crying Jordan head? Oh, how would you? So easy. Is that where the crying Jordan head originated? No, the crying no. Jordan head originated from his Hall of Fame induction speech. Oh, okay. So that's so, what originated. So, so, so at that point, it's probably pretty easy to find. It's a hundred. It's, yeah, it's, it's easy to find. But I'm just talking about like, like I guess you got to cut. It you got to cut it, it, and then it's actually, it's, 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 like, actually it's, a, it's a pretty fast. I would process. say it would take me two minutes to do that. Okay, yeah. I, I guess I'm just stupid. <laughs> do you not, are you not a Photoshop guy? I'm not a Photoshop. Oh, guy. Oh, see, I've been using Photoshop since like 19. Photoshop. Like 1996. Once you know the program, you can when just I was, turn those things. When out. I was getting my uh, my broadcasting and film degree in college, editing was not my strong suit. Ah, I was just like, I'll, I'll find someone else to edit. Well, that's why you're not famous now, Bert. That's why I'm not famous it's now. I can't fell, edit. You and fell they sleep during well, Photoshop, and, and also because <laughs> probably they, been, they probably had to use the old scissors and tape method. <laughs> I did have to, to do that. I did have to do the old tape measure with with the reel to reel. And it was a race record play. That's how you had to remember what the heads were underneath the the uh, the reel to reel. ERP ERP. Erase record play. Huh. And you took out your little grease pencil, and that's where you marked it, and you cut it, and then you cut it here, and then... You just splice it all together. See, together. Now, I, now, now I'm just going to copy and paste all this stuff together yeah. a little bit later on tonight or tomorrow at some point. And Lucky you. We're going to make a nice little podcast Technology, how about that? <laughs> how about that technology? Special thanks to Cam Jansen for joining us and for Jimmy the Cat Hayes. You can hear both of them on 590 The Fan. You can follow Cam on Twitter at CamJansen25, and you can follow the cat at the cat on Fox. You can also get his uh, podcast, The Cat Chats, also at InsideSTL.com. We're available at STLPodcast.com. Everybody have a terrific day. We'll catch you on the other side. He's gone. Okay.